champions respect their competition. This is Pastor Mike Kramer of New Life Church, your home of positive faith, bringing you power for living. Come to the cross and find forgiveness. Get into his word and you'll find strength for your soul. Tap into the love that God has given and you'll find power for Powerful Living is a positive faith ministry. We believe that a positive attitude in life is an expression of the positive faith which embraces a powerful truth that with God, all things are possible. Pastor Mike Kramer is a founder of Powerful Living, senior pastor at New Life Church, and the author of the inspirational book, Power Moments. Tap into the love that God has given And you'll find power for living my friend, today I want to speak on the subject that champions respect their competition. I like to say that respect is like a boomerang. What you send out is often what comes back. Give respect and you will gain respect. Jesus said it this way in Matthew chapter 7 and verse 12. Therefore, whatever you want men to do to you, do also to them, for this is the law and the prophets. We call that the golden rule, to treat others essentially the way we would want to be treated ourselves. And that's the whole basis of respect. I truly believe that champions respect their competition. You know, you never want to underestimate your opponent. The scripture says in 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse 8, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. We have an, an enemy and he wants to devour us. And so you don't want to underestimate him. Now, we shouldn't live in fear. Faith overcomes fear. Feed your faith. You'll starve your fear. So we respect the enemy, but we don't live in total fear of him. I like to think of it this way that, you know, anytime you underestimate the opponent, you kind of set yourself up uh, for unnecessary defeat. You know, I've told the story many times of David and Goliath, and I usually come at it from the angle of how David rose to the occasion and tackled that great giant. It's been said that everybody else took one look at Goliath and said, man, this guy's too big to hit. David took one look at him and said, this guy's too big to miss. How do you, how do you miss a target that's nine feet, nine inches tall, just three inches short of a basketball rim, for crying out loud? His uh, coat of armor weighed 125 pounds. You can read about him in 1 Samuel chapter 17. But I want you to think of it in another light. Yes, David had the power of God, and he had his faith in God, and, and God honored that. But Goliath was also an overconfident warrior. He said, who is this punk kid coming out here to do battle? He taunted uh, the Israelites day and night uh, to basically a big jousting match, sort of a, a winner-take-all, uh, so to speak, uh, contest. And, and everybody was afraid to go out and, and go against him. But he, he, when David showed up, he's just taunting him and mocking him and saying, who in the world does this kid think he is coming against an experienced warrior like myself? And, and as a result, Goliath was set up and David knocked him down. So you don't want to underestimate the opponent. You know, my goodness, if uh, we've learned anything, when uh, Marshall came to town and 
and unfortunately defeated the Irish. I've been a Notre Dame fan my whole life. I think we learned that uh, I'm not saying Notre Dame underestimated them by any stretch of the imagination. But uh, Marshall rose to the occasion, believed in what they were doing, and uh, got the job done. It was a great win for their program. So you just never want to underestimate anybody. That's true in business. Don't underestimate the competition. But uh, it's true in all aspects of life. You want to have a, a certain element of respect for the opponent. You know, the Scripture says in Ephesians chapter 6, Verses 10 through 12, it says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Now, here, here it comes. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. In other words, the enemy, Satan, the devil, Lucifer, however you want to term it, uh, he has an entire uh, spiritual army out there, and he declares war on the believer in Jesus Christ and people that want to follow the Lord. And it's pictured as a wrestling match. Now, uh, our sons were wrestlers. They were very good wrestlers. And uh, one of the things that I learned just watching literally hundreds of wrestling matches, uh, wrestling is obviously a very, very intense sport. It's a two-man war. And you cannot let off for a moment. I'll never forget when uh, our oldest son, Michael, I believe he was a senior, uh, wrestling down at a Plymouth Invitational, and he was going against a, a top opponent from Valparaiso. The young man had finished third in the state the year before, and, and uh, he kind of strolled out onto the, the mat like he owned the place. And, of course, when you wrestle at Mishawaka, they teach technique and hard-nosed wrestling, and uh, it's one of the finest programs in the state of Indiana. And that was back when Al Smith was still coaching, that legendary coach, and what a tremendous job he did. And, and that uh, tradition continues today uh, under Steve Sandifer, and uh, it was continued under Al Beeler and, and others along the way. They've always had great coaching. But I'll never forget, uh, Michael was trailing in the match, late in the match. Uh, of course, in wrestling, you're always in the thing, if you can pin and uh, make a long story short with just, I don't know, maybe 30, 40 seconds to go. Michael was down four or five points, but uh, he got a reversal, took that kid to his back and pinned him. And it was a great win for Michael. It was a great win for the team that day. Uh, obviously a disappointing loss for the young man from Valparaiso. But uh, I had heard a little talk when the young man was getting ready to go onto the mat. Uh, the young man's father was standing nearby, and I was within earshot. And I heard a little talk about how, you know, this young man was going to handle the Mishawaka kid with no problem and so forth. Well, he learned otherwise. And uh, it, was a, it was a fun time, and I sort of got a nice little chuckle out of it and cheered on Michael wildly, and it was a great win for Michael. But the point is this wrestling is an intense sport. It's a two-man war. If you let off for a moment, you can get pinned to the mat. And it's always about the match you're in. It's not about the next match. It's not about the previous match. Wrestling is about being in the intense now and being alert. And that's the idea. That's the imagery. That's the word picture that God uses for the believer. Be alert. Be on your guard. Recognize that we have an enemy. 
you know, we basically we're walking through a battleground, not a playground. A lot of Christians kind of treat life like it's just one big playground. And as a result, the enemy can sort of lull you to sleep. So you want to be careful. And then God goes on to say, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. Stand, therefore, having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Uh, It goes on to say, above all, taking the shield of faith, which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one, and take the helmet of salvation, the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. And goes on to say that he could be an ambassador for Christ. Well, when you think about the armor of God, first of all, primarily it's frontal armor there's not a lot of protection uh if you retreat and so we are to be on the move moving forward faith moves forward faith does not go in reverse but that belt of truth you know truth holds it all together and the idea is it it uh they would hook on their other weapons and so forth but that belt when you think about something going around the waist you know truth sort of keeps your balance you know in most sports you control the hips, you control the enemy, you know, or the opponent. You think about wrestling, control the hips, you control the man. Uh, football, you control the hips, you're going to make the tackle. Uh, in, in baseball, the hips are important in getting that power into the swing. In basketball, you know, everybody's taught in basketball, you don't look at their head and their eyes and all that when you're defending them. You look at the hips, where the hips go, the body goes. And so a head fake can throw you off, but that's not where the individual's going. It's where that waist goes. And so that's the idea of truth holds it all together. And we have to understand that truth is the word of God. My friend, you build your life on the word of God. You cannot go wrong. You build it on anything else, and it's difficult to go right. And so you want to understand the scriptures, the the breastplate of righteousness. That's the idea of protecting the vital organs, the heart and lungs and so forth. Of course, Proverbs 4.23 says, guard your heart for out of this flows the issues of life. Feet shod with the gospel of peace. Well, those spikes would give you the traction when they were out there doing battle. A lot of times those battlefields would get pretty slippery and, and so forth. And so you needed balance and you have those spikes. The gospel, the good news of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ for our sins. That gives you the balance in life. Sort of that gospel-guided life will keep your perspective. And, And I like to think of it as using the gospel as a grid to filter life. In what way is God wanting to use this particular event or situation or circumstance in my life to advance the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's a lens to view life. It's a filter to interpret life, the gospel. How is God wanting to use me to advance his kingdom? The helmet of salvation. I like to say hope under the helmet. You know, you got to protect the head. And so you got to guard your mind, guard your thoughts. And of course, we want to trust Christ as our Lord and Savior. That shield of faith. You know, faith shields our focus. And this particular shield was the large shield that interlocked with other shields. So the idea was they could march together in battle. And my friend, we're not an island. 
as we go through life. We're not supposed to do this battle alone. I would encourage you to be a part of a good church that teaches the Bible and attend faithfully. Encourage your pastor. Encourage the members. Listen to the Word of God. If you don't have a church home, we invite you to New Life. We'd love to meet you. New Life Church, 11593 McKinley Highway East, Osceola, Indiana, 46561. Our service times are Sunday morning at 9 a.m. and Sunday morning at 10.30 a.m. Then we have our student and children's ministry also on Wednesdays at 6.30 p.m. But we'd love, to, we'd love to meet you. Now, if you have a good church, you stay right there and give it all you've got and encourage your pastor. Be salt and light in the community. But we're not designed to go through this journey of faith alone. That's why that shield of faith was interlocking. The sword of the Spirit, that's the idea of the small sword that was used in hand-to-hand combat. And so we learn the Word of God, the overall uh, message of Christ, but then we also want to memorize specific scriptures for specific challenges. You know, Philippians 4.8, whatever things are good and noble and just, if there's anything lovely, meditate on these things. That's the idea of putting good thoughts in your mind. And you'll become a positive faith believer. You'll look for the good and you'll find it. Romans 8.28 says that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are the called according to his purpose. My life verse is Matthew 19.26. With men, these things are impossible, but with God, all things are possible. You put those kinds of thoughts in your mind and it'll give you a positive outlook on life. As I've said many times, it'll help you be a balcony dweller instead of a basement dweller. A basement dweller sees the dark side of life, pulls people down to a lower level of living, and has a negative attitude. But oh, that balcony dweller, they see the bright side of life and have a positive attitude and lift people up to a higher level of living. And then that prayer in the spirit, you know, just be a person of prayer. When in doubt, take it to the Lord. And there's nothing too big to take to the Lord and nothing too small and everything in between. Oh, my friend, champions respect their competition. We respect the enemy, but our faith is anchored in Jesus Christ who loved us and gave his life for us and rose again for us. And the scripture says, thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. The victory was won at the empty tomb, and now we can follow Christ with great confidence. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you. May the Lord turn his face towards you and be gracious to you. May the Lord give you peace in your heart and power for living. Amen.